Hey, we've been journeying rather quickly through the book of James in the series called New. Today is the last part of the series as Pastor Laurie tells us the number one ingredient that we need to have in our lives for God to make us new. Westlight, we're finishing up our new sermon series today where this for the past few weeks we've talked about how God loves us and he's for us and he desires his best for us and how he wants us to experience this new this new love and joy and peace and freedom and justice in our world even in the midst of our challenges and brokenness and panda even in the pandemic And so a lot, you know, this transformation, it begins in our hearts. And a lot of times, right, our motives are based on um, wanting acceptance or achievement. And so we need to, in order for this change to happen, it requires us to, to one, look at our hearts, right? To be aware of what's going on and why we do the things, which is hard. But, and, and secondly, it requires us to, to be known and to allow others to see our motives and what's in our hearts, which is even harder. And we've also learned about how God has given us these gifts, right? The gift of our words and the gift of, of power and privilege and how we can use, we have a choice to use them to either bless or to oppress, so we've been studying James, you know, James has been talking about um, God's desire for us to have this perfect life. And the perfect life is not a life without sin, but it's a life where our actions align with the character and love of Jesus. So James knows how, how hard this is for us. And how we are prone to wander away, how we're prone to give up when it gets hard, how we're prone to fall into our old patterns that lead to destruction, that lead to disorder. And so he encourages us in this last chapter to to look to one another, that God is, you know, our relationship with God is important. And he talks about prayer a lot in five, in chapter five, but he also talks about how we need one another, how God created us to need one another, to be um, God's tangible um, grace and truth and presence for one another. And so I think what he's trying to do is, and what what I'm going to call today is an inner circle. Like he, we need an inner circle. We need an inner circle of friends who. Um, who have common values, who we can be vulnerable with, who will, who we can share, you know, be tangible, God's, God's tangible grace and truth to one another, who are going to be committed to this process together, who are going to be available to us and who will, um, who we have chemistry with, right? We want to be with. And, and, and so when I think about inner circles, um, think about uh, my personal favorite inner circle would be you know, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker. Um, but if you are an Avengers fan, it might be Captain America, um, Black Widow, and Iron Man, or and maybe throwing Thor there. If you're thinking about Star Wars, it might be Luke and Han Solo and Leia, or Rey and Poe and Finn. Okay, I think you get the idea. And, and to give you an, an, another example of what um, of what 
this kind of space with your inner circle looks like. I want to give you an example, and um, some of you might not like this example, but please stay with me. Stay with me. <laughs> but it, I, I don't. I thought it was just such a perfect example of 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 how we can be God's grace and truth to one another, and how we can be present and vulnerable with one another. So, in the Netflix documentary, Knock Down the House. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's running against um, Joe Crowley. Now I know I'm not trying to be political. I don't even know if I agree with everything AOC says, but it's more about the scene in the documentary that I think shows what this vulnerability and what having an inner circle looks like. Okay, so stay with me. It's not political. And I wish I could show it to you. I wish I could show you part of the movie, but then I would shut down Westlight Live like I did last summer. So I'm not going to show you the movie, but I'm going to act it out for you. I'm going to tell you what she said. But she is like preparing for her debate. She's going to have a challenge and she's preparing for her debate against Joe Crowley. And her boyfriend, Riley Roberts, is sitting across from her. She tells him, I can do this. And, And Riley is like, I know you can do this. So she says, I am experienced enough to do this. I am knowledgeable enough to do this. I am prepared enough to do this. I am mature enough to do this. And I am brave enough to do this. And she's like, okay, this whole time, right? He's been telling me I can't do this. I'm little. I'm small. I'm young. I'm inexperienced. And then she does, she like pushes that away. Like, no, I'm not going to listen to him. Like those words, his words, even the words that I say to myself, like they have no place here. But I love how he's just with her and he barely says anything, but you can see in his eyes and his smile that he is attuned to her and that he believes in her. I mean, he could have said, why are you doing this? And lectured her on how she is good enough and why doesn't she believe that she's good enough? And, but he's with her. We need, we need an inner circle that we can be open and vulnerable with, who will be with us and who will, are committed to, to walk with us. And, and it's a mutual thing where we can commit and walk with one another in this process as we face the many challenges of life together. So in James 5.13 through about 15, he's talking about like, man, are any of you suffering right? Let them pray. Are you cheerful? Um, let them sing psalms. Are any, are any of you among, among you sick? Um, they should call for the elders of the church and they should pray for the sick person, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. Faithful prayer, faithful prayer will rescue the sick person and the Lord will raise them up. And if they have committed any sin, it will be forgiven. When we pray and share with God, we're not just giving him our requests, but our prayers are how we connect with God at, at our heart, at the heart, where we talk about our fears, where we talk about our joys. It's, it's not just, here's a list, please fix this. It's, it's how we feel about them and, and what, our, what we're scared of, what our motives are. And then James says this, he says, 16, so confess your sins to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. That there's this restoration, this healing and restoration that that is that God desires for us 
but we can't do it alone or we can't do it just with our relationship with God, that we need both. We need to connect at, with, at the heart level with God and with one another. And the confession of sins is not, um, okay, this week I lied and I cheated and I stole. It's, it, it, okay, what did you do? <laughs> it's, it's not like that at all. It's, 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 it's our fears and then the sharing of our struggles and our challenges and how maybe we feel like we're not good enough or we're not going to make it or we just want to give up. And that we, we can't trust in God. It's whole heart. People in our inner circle can tell us, oh man, I know, I identify with you. I know what you're talking about. Or, you know, they could just listen to you and comfort you. That's where the healing takes place. It's in that experience of comfort and grace in our lives. And it's also where we find, we experience God's truth. The whole truth is helping us to see reality of where we're really at. And it's hard to see reality of where we're at until we know who we are, that we are loved, and we feel safe and secure. And so we need God's grace. We need God's grace and truth. And quite honestly, uh, we need a lot of grace so that we can see those areas that we need to work on so that we can receive the truth. James goes on in, in verses 7, the rest of 16 through 18 he talks about elijah and how elijah prayed for rain in first kings and he's and, and, and what he's trying to say is, is the importance of prayer that in prayer you know elijah was praying for the israelites to return to god and so, and so he says in verse 19 so my dear family if someone in your company has wandered from the truth and someone turns them back know this the one who turns back a sinner from wandering off into error will rescue that person's life from death and cover a multitude of sins. So what James is saying is we need one another. We need our inner circle to help bring one another back. Remember, he's writing to a church who, who was learning how to live out this faith that they saw modeled in Christ. They were being persecuted for their new faith in Christ that they were living during really challenging times. And, and we are faced with very difficult and challenging times, right? That, that in the midst of this pandemic, right, we, we've uncovered racial and relational and economic injustices. As we think about vaccines, more and more people are getting vaccines and we're going to start being able to meet in person that are already fractured relationships that we experienced at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, may have may not have healed and are still fractured, that we're going to have to go back to real life together. Life has enough hard challenges as it is. To find an inner circle is really hard and it's going to take work and effort and it's going to take like, you know, a lot of testing out, like, um, you know, talking with people and sharing with them, maybe just trying to share a little bit and being a little bit vulnerable. And if those, if you find people who can be with you, who can um, accept you for who you are, who are not quick to fix you or who are not quick to give you advice and solve your problems, but who can really be with you and see you and, and have, have the ability to, to go to that heart level rather than just talk about the surface stuff, that those people are gold and that we need to find those safe people. And, and when we face the hard times that we know we're going to face, we will have people with us who know us, 
who see us and value us and are committed to us to tell us, you can, I know you can do this. I've seen you. I know your strengths and I know your weaknesses, but I know you can do this. So, you know, even Jesus had his inner circle and he asked them to come with him, to pray with him as he faced his biggest challenge, the ultimate um, act of healing and reconciliation. And we have our own crosses too. And we need an inner circle of people who know us and who see us and who believe in us. And so that when we face our crosses, when we face our challenges, we know that we have God on our side, but we also know that we have our inner circle on our side too, so that we don't give up, so that we don't wander away, so that, don't we, so that we don't give in to our fear or our anxiety or, or our desire for acceptance or achievement, but that we can walk and, and face our challenges in love. And that, so that we'll be able to really bless. You know, not only will we experience the new that God has for us and engage in that new process, but we'll be able to help others do that too. And I think that is how we're going to experience heaven together.